0: Have you seen this? The 92 sci-fi thriller featuring Star of the Mighty Ducks, Mick Jagger.
1: Welcome to Have You Seen This?
0: The world's only podcast about obscure, overlooked, and misbegotten media.
1: All discussions will be spoiler-heavy.
0: You have been warned.
1: I was hoping for Joe Estevez.
0: I Yeah, I don't think they could get him. He uh, was coming back for reshoots for Soul Taker 2.
1: He was too busy working with those fucking zen filmmaking jokers.
0: Yeah, they're trying to figure out, you know, what is the zen of Roller Gator?
1: Mm.
0: So already we aren't talking about 1992's free jack And I think that's fitting
1: We are freely jacking off Right? Yeah. Let's get them all of our system now We're,
0: right. free <laughs> that is, We're free
1: jacking We're free balling and jacking
0: what, what, How is that Normal uh, or different from, from Normal jacking is that like when you're out in the street Or um, Like when you're doing it in a dress
1: I think free jacking Is when you're doing it without hands Oh okay, I thought it's a good trick.
0: I thought it's like free climbing, which is to say you're jacking off
1: without a rope. But um. (laughs) so that leaves David Carradine out. (laughs) Whoa! Damn, he's fucking dead.
0: We got (laughs) only the best third-hand jokes on this podcast.
1: You know, I used to like uh, when they would do uh, David Carradine Mm die jerking off jokes on riff tracks, like. Early on, I was like, I was like, oh come on, that's kind of called for. And then I learned like what a piece of shit human being he was IRL, right. and I was like, ah, go nuts.
0: <laughs> Why didn't they joke about that?
1: I <laughs> oh, mean, well. I, like, what are you gonna not joke about?
0: I don't know. You could say, you know, <clears throat> the the guy was committed. He he lived his entire life as yeah. a joke.
1: What are you going to not joke about? That makes no sense. Like this movie. <laughs> oh damn, know.
0: Jen, you got it.
1: I am, uh, I'm failing. It's all oh, these '90s movies, please. Tim. It's brought me back to a younger, dumber self.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that was possible, but yeah, we have not escaped the '90s cyber movie uh, trend that I guess we're we're on now. Uh, it was yeah, Virtuosity. Um, that one yes. really set. That was a high water mark.
1: <laughs> set the tone, <laughs> <laughs> which is this very stupid tone.
0: Yeah, I don't know cuz I mean we we touched on this a couple of times earlier about how how stupid the 90s were as a decade. Like it was a great happy just dumb, clueless, idiotic, mildly homophobic decade. <laughs> and we didn't know how good we had it. Like our movies were stupid but like it was it was a stupid time.
1: Uh, See, I kind of feel like you, when in comparison, and I guess it's unavoidable mm-hmm. with any era, given enough time and distance. But movies which just seem like horrible, yeah, and just like an insult to, and just an insult to just in general,
0: just insulting to anyone who comes across it.
1: Yeah, like an insult to intelligent people, just like total contempt for the audience. Mm-hmm. Like now you look at them and you're like, oh, you know, this was just this was. It's like, know, I,
0: I see what they were trying to do.
1: Crafted by a you know a professional crew, and mm-hmm. you know this takes place in real life and real sets with real props, and not there is there is CG in this movie, mm-hmm. but you know it's but kinda... it is
0: CG in service of CG. It isn't like look the um the 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 set builders have a union and they don't want to do it, <laughs> but. <laughs> We can just CGI the shit out of this, and we don't even need to have Anthony Hopkins come in and read his lines. We'll just... Yeah,
1: he was acting via Zoom before Zoom even existed.
0: Right. This is yeah. This is uh, the futuristic version of phoning in your performance.
1: Right, and um, like I was, you know, the, basically the point that I was making You're is waxing that
0: nostalgic. Yeah.
1: This, yeah, it is nostalgia, which is, uh, you know, it can't be a trap because you find yourself being nostalgic for very stupid shit just because you saw it at a young age. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily necessarily stuff that's good, but maybe it's just its very quaintness which makes it kind of comforting.
0: Yeah, with time and wisdom, you reevaluate Free Jack, and you're like, I, I, it's a good idea. There, Yeah, there are some holes in it, sure, but the central premise of it, uh, you know, the, 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 the forces at conflict here, like, I can understand that.
1: Right, and it takes its story from a book called Immortality, Inc. by, uh, as in incorporated, by a science fiction writer of the 20th century called Robert Sheckley. I'm not really fami- that familiar with his work. Uh, are you, Tim?
0: No, which but I mean, there was a uh, just just as you know, uh, influencers and movie podcasts are a dime a dozen. There was a glut of fantasy writers at that time, so I mean, you Mm -hmm. you couldn't swing a dead cat for you know without (laughs) without hitting a uh, freelance sci-fi fantasy author.
1: Yeah, and my impression is that uh, Robert Shackley was not, you know, not on the level of, say, a Heinlein or an Asimov or mm-hmm. any of those real big swinging dicks of the, you know, the science fiction Hall of Fame yeah. kind. Uh, but you know, was a Hugo nominee and did credible work, so it was kind of like in that second tier of of uh, 20th century science fiction writers. Yeah. I did,
0: and, and I mean, like any rando can't just get nominated for a Hugo.
1: <laughs> That's right. I mean, well, nowadays they'll just, you know, Let's they'll just nominate a, any yeah, fucking clown. Yeah, just because you're, you're
0: trending on Twitter, they'll they'll nominate you for a Hugo. It's embarrassing. Yeah,
1: I mean, obviously it's a it's a worthless award, for right. you know, this, people yeah. who don't amount to much. It's I'm just de- just saying they've
0: demeaned any value from it. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. We, ha, roasted. We
0: are, of course, talking a friend of the show, Bitter Corella, who whose work was nominated for a Hugo last year.
1: Yeah, jokes on them. but um, <laughs> No, we love uh, we love Mike, and uh, I think that Mike definitely deserved that Hugo. I went to someone else, but hey, there's always next year. I thought he deserved um, to
0: be roasted, but you know, potato, potato. Well, that too. Perhaps, perhaps in you know, fifteen years with hindsight, I'll be like, you know what? I can see what <laughs> Mike was going for.
1: He's far and away the best author in there, that. Yeah, that you know, fact.
0: there's a... Even though I
1: hated his material at the time. <laughs> um, no, but uh, like I was saying, um, Sheckley was part of that glut of... Or, it's a glut or golden age, depending on how you feel about science fiction. In it depends the, on what you uh, read, mid, really. Mid-20th century. And I did, in fact, uh, dig up this novella. Um, it's on the Scribed app. And as... As our listeners know, I will try to do way too much homework for the show for whatever reason. Just giving you guys a little bit of that extra texture. Yeah. Um, was like, it, for example... Was it in I an
0: anthology a... with uh, Overjohn at the memory bank?
1: Uh, for all I know, it could be. I did try to read it, <laughs> yeah. and I'll say this. You know, not to sound like a writer for the Mary Sue, but mm-hmm. indulge me for a minute. Oof. With a lot of these even really good books, uh, Books and stories of uh, the science fiction genre of earlier decades—you mm-hmm. had to put up with a certain amount of, like, well, it was a different time. <clears throat> so, all right, what, you... what
0: racist, uh, what words did they use?
1: Well, I don't know if I even got to any racism. It was just kind of the way that um, the that Sheckley talked about. Um, I don't, I don't know if she's the main female character because, like, I didn't read that far, but a mm-hmm. prominent. Female character that appears in the book um, who is described as attractive but with a very emotionless face. But the way Sheckley puts it is like it was impossible to imagine her in bed. <laughs> Maybe all just All right. Like, yeah,
0: well, hey, now you, he's got the measure of a woman right there.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and later on in the book, uh, the <coughs> protagonist idly wonders what the penalty is for striking a woman in the uh, future he's been teleported to. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I have a lot of freelance work to do, and also, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> also a lot so, of
0: women to strike.
1: <laughs> so I didn't finish reading it. For all I know, it's a really great, you know unheralded mm-hmm. science fiction novella of the time uh find out for yourself hey, um, hey
0: maybe we can get andrew tate to review it huh
1: well he is an expert on women
0: that yeah topical um <laughs>
1: uh maybe so we can, maybe we
0: can have jordan peterson read it
1: up <laughs> yours woke moralists <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. So uh, I did not spend time reading *Immortality Inc*. I did spend an hour and forty-four minutes watching *Freejack*, which was fine. Um, (laughs) Had you seen this one before, Tim? Yeah,
0: I saw it when I was, you know, when it came out. I saw it when I was a tween, and I remember the um, the the F one car crashing into the uh, the walkway, and Mm there's a grid there. Uh, That's about it.
1: See, I watched this with my dad Uh uh, back in, I don't know, it was probably, it was a few years after it came out, maybe in the late 90s. This was out in 92. Um, And the only thing I remembered from it was, I I remembered that Mick Jagger was in it, Mm -hmm. and I remembered uh, The (laughs) Nun Who Cursed.
0: Well, that's not bad, because I I really, I did not remember a goddamn thing about this movie, which I think is really my... uh, my review of it.
1: I think essentially I didn't remember a goddamn thing. Just Amanda Plummer as a cursing nun.
0: Yeah, and keep in mind, this is a couple of years before Pulp Fiction came out, so she's just kind of in the periphery being like this, you know, uh, oh, a- yeah. abrasive loudmouth.
1: Was she Honey Bunny or the yeah, other one?
0: Yeah, she was Honey Bunny.
1: Honey Bunny, that's right. Okay, right. yeah. Yeah, uh, and so
0: she's the the cursing nun who, like, you know, Kicks an executive in the balls, like uh, <laughs> hands over a guy. Living you know, the dream. Yeah, <laughs> hands hands over a guy, you know, a, a handgun to protect himself. You know, just doing doing God's work.
1: She's a good egg, which is unusual for the Catholic Church. But I don't know, maybe they uh, cleaned up their act and well, I guess 2009. It was.
0: I guess it was after. <laughs> it would have been after the rap- rapture, maybe. And so that, after that point, like all the you know, quote unquote, good Catholics were gone. Oh, yeah, this is an anti-Catholic podcast, by the way. I should have mentioned
1: that. <laughs> it, it certainly is. Right,
0: right. Uh, so, yeah, like, if all the, you know, all the good uh, Catholics uh, got raptured. And so it was just all the uh, crazy, like, gonzo Catholics. So they, it was all what? heretic Catholicism <laughs> after that point.
1: Well, uh, I don't think Catholics really believe in the rapture. It's more of like an evangelical thing. Okay. But, it's still a good bit, Tim.
0: All right. Well, so, oh, damn it! My my joke is not theologically sound. Shoot, we'll, you're
1: no, c- come on, like you're we'll you're, you're, you're a Lutheran, you're a splitter. You should know the difference between all these flavors of Christianity. I
0: just know that when I have some complaints, I write I write them down on a list, <laughs> and the the village is going to hear about my my problems.
1: That's right. I um, mean,
0: Jay-Z, like he's, you know, he's a modern Martin Luther. <sighs> got 90, oh, yeah, yeah, he had a lot of problems, as yeah, recall. recall. Yeah, um, this movie also one.
1: has a lot of problems, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> no, no, let's
0: talk about religion more. Um,
1: <laughs> so, it, this movie actually did have uh, a few production problems, um, but we I'll can say. get into that. Um, where did I derail you?
0: Uh, I think we were talking we were uh, waxing about the apocalypse of uh 14 years
1: ago oh we were speaking about the church in the 21st century um, a very interesting time for Catholicism oh yeah uh, no word on what uh Pope Benedict thought of this movie mm-hmm. um but yeah I mean I think the nun character uh, basically is uh, kind of another piece of the puzzle like, which adds up to this picture of like future dystopia. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, this is supposed to be 2009 um, after leaping forward from 1991. Right. Interestingly, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't read very far in the source novella, but apparently that takes place in like 2110 or something like that. So,
0: yeah, you just got to the they, part where he's like, by the way, all female podcast podcasts. Film nerds are bitches, and (laughs) and Jen's like, "Well, this seems a little on the nose."
1: Well, I haven't met a one that isn't. So where is the (laughs) law? Right?
0: Yeah, exactly. But still, you were offended, as is your right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It could it could be that like by page forty five, it turned into like some kind of proto feminist classic. Um, Could be. Yeah. Hard to say in nineteen fifty eight, but you know. but yeah, like there is, there were some changes from the novel to the screen. I don't, um, I don't know, Tim. Do you want to kind of lay out the plot for our listeners?
0: Um, let's see, Anthony Hopkins, uh, who is uh, to say that he's in this movie is being generous. Um, he is <laughs> he's in
1: Westworld a lot more. <laughs>
0: the- there is a,
1: a thematic connection to
0: Westworld, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's more in Westworld than this. It's true. Um, but he is a uh, wealthy businessman in the future who died. He uh, his consciousness lives in a computer, but they need a healthy body, and for that they uh, time travel the uh, um, imminently deceased um, <laughs> uh, uh, Emilio Estevez to take his body. And then he winds up, winds up in the future, but um, he escapes. He goes. He, he. Uh, he's loose. He's a he's a free agent, a free jack, if you will. (laughs) So he's running around. Yeah. And
1: better yet, um, the people chasing him are called bone jackers. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They just jack their bones. They seize the bone and
0: then they jack it. There's a lot who of that in the us? future. Yeah, society's broken down. <laughs> Everyone is jacking on, jacking off. <laughs>
1: That's we're... how you could tell how fucked the future is. Everyone's just jacking freely.
0: Yeah, everyone's logging onto the internet and jacking off there.
1: Oh, man, we're going to ride this as far as it'll go, <laughs> which is not far. No, um, no, I thought
0: we were supposed to get that out of our system so we could give a serious review for once. I mean, come on, Jen. Oh, yeah, Let's I'm sorry. I should
1: I should take this movie seriously.
0: Yeah, this is what the people who get our podcast for free expect.
1: is this a free episode i I don't remember it ought to be boy if you if you suckers paid five bucks for this uh wait a minute oh hey
0: i'm getting some email alerts right now Uh (laughs) uh-oh yeah so so, join us in the discord (laughs) right yeah that was that was the plot of the movie but the plot is slight um it is a uh you know uh the the proletariat uh, does not want to uh, have his labor given over to the capitalist, and for that he f- he fights the uh, the uh, the fight of the just, and he also gets his ex-wife back. Or I guess his widow. It,
1: it 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 does drive home that anti-capitalist notion that our bodies are simply grist for the wealthy people's mill. Oh, that
0: is so true. Yeah, that is a yeah. good insight.
1: I mean, I'm really extrapolating hard from this movie because this movie is not deep. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> I, um, I would applaud, but we have some neurodivergent uh, people in the audience and they um, prefer. Yeah, can, you. Yeah. <laughs> they prefer that I just snap my fingers instead.
1: Um yeah, I think we should we should definitely conduct the podcast based on what like two lunatics at a DSA meeting somewhere thought was appropriate.
0: Oh, you were there too. okay, great
1: yeah, it was just you and me snapping our fingers and then everybody looked at us weird, so we stopped.
0: Yeah, everyone's like they're narcs. get them out of here.
1: <laughs> Fed right. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's uh, so that's free free Jack. Good night everybody. Um, <laughs>
0: right yeah. oh no see, let me explain the term free Jack real quick. Um, because uh, you ever um, you know how like you'll screw up like maybe you misremember something on a podcast and it's preserved forever. Or like you <laughs> mess up someone's name, and then you f- you feel like embarrassed. Um, and like everyone's like, oh well, you shouldn't feel embarrassed because like think of all the times that you remember someone else screwed up. Like you, you don't remember them, just the same way that other people don't remember your your mistakes, right? So I was watching um, Emilio Estevez getting you know, interviewed on Arsenio Hall, uh, for you know, doing the, the the press junket for um for Free Jack. And Arsenio Hall's like, so this Free Jack, you know, I'm thinking like New Jack City, is there like, you know, Free Jack? Like, what's a Free Jack? Like, is there any connection there? And Emilio Estevez is like, I, I don't know.
1: Ah, <laughs> 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 doing the Sheen slash Estevez family proud. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking like, Arsenio's just like trying to like, Make something work there, just like I don't know. I'm following this thread. It's it's not going anywhere. We didn't pre-interview. So what does free Jack mean? No one knows.
1: I don't. Perhaps we can't blame Emilio. Perhaps we can't. Um, perhaps
0: the free Jack is himself unknowable.
1: Um, this movie, like many that we talk about on the show, did have a somewhat troubled production. I know you're all shocked. Um, like I said, the source story came from a novella, um, they brought on, they brought on a director from New Zealand called Jeff Murphy, um, and, that's not his name,
0: this is just what people call him. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know, it's just a weird phrase, go ahead.
1: Okay, so they brought on uh, they brought on a director from New-, New Zealand named Jeff Murphy. Uh, this was to be his, uh, I don't want to say his entree into Hollywood. I believe he'd... Uh, that is an entree another- I
0: would return.
1: He made another feature with, um, I want to say Helen Mirren, and did okay. So Morgan Creek, the production company, said, You're our guy. You are going to direct this science fiction thriller. mm mm-hmm. um, And Murphy actually wrote a memoir, which is another thing that I found on uh, Scribed when I put down uh, Immortality, Inc. Uh, And he does have a whole chapter about Free Jack. And it sounds like it went about how you would expect with a director who didn't have a lot of juice in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. kind of getting uh, basically overridden a lot by the production company. Um, by his production designer, uh, by suits, by whoever you want. Uh, He didn't have a problem with uh, either Mick or Emilio, but um, they had started the movie with Linda Fiorentino in the lead female role. And a couple or three weeks in the shooting, they were like, we don't like her, get rid of her. And so they punted Linda Fiorentino and got Rene Russo in there. That seems um, like
0: a major step up.
1: Uh, like I'm not like well versed in Linda Fiorentino. Okay. So I Love. can't I can't like imagine what her I'm sure she was fine. hmm But Renee Russo is also fine.
0: She sure is. <laughs>
1: um and the way yeah, that great. uh the way that the director tells it is uh he makes several allusions in the chapter uh to how Actresses tend to be cast in Hollywood and to that end he tells a joke which basically goes uh, in, oh so you have three actresses vying for the part like one is you know one came from the stage and has a lot of you know th- excellent theater credits under her belt another one studied with uh, well, Lee Strasberg you know the third is equally accomplished which one do you pick mm-hmm. the punchline being the one and with the, the biggest tits, tits. <laughs> Um, And I guess when uh, Murphy objected to the recasting of uh, his female lead, uh, he was told that Linda Fiorentino simply did not make the executive responsible's dick hard. So that, yeah, that
0: sounds completely uh, believable.
1: So I guess like whichever uh, empty suit had a big fat boner for Renee Russo, which, you know, fair, Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's not that different to, like, you know, many, many other productions in Hollywood. So, But she rose to the challenge and was fine. Right. But you can see how that would kind of put, like, a huge damper on one's experience um, with the production. Uh, Also, the script was rewritten to the extent that uh, Jeff Murphy asked that they take off... Uh, his a film by credit uh he wasn't able to have his name taken off the whole thing and have it be declared an alan smithy film but um Mm. and apparently like the a film by thing he had his agent had fought quite hard for so that must have sucked giving it up but you know when he was presented with what he had helped to make it was like you know i don't want i don't want to be responsible for this shit
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i've made better films in the bathtub
1: but um, Murphy seemed to have landed on his feet eventually because he went on to do uh, second unit stuff for the Lord of the Rings trilogy with Peter Jackson. So I've heard
0: of those, yeah.
1: I'm sure he got fucking paid off of that. So
0: well, second unit. I mean, that's like below the line work.
1: Uh, still, I mean, I'm sure it's respectable. Well, it's
0: respectable, work. yeah, and I mean, you know, it's a good in, it's a good connection. <gasps>
1: right uh but he passed away in 2018 so rest in peace but you can't read it as his memoir if you are intensely curious about the making of free jack but you know we'll just give you like the capsule version and then you can decide like if you want to
0: yeah if you have more questions after watching us blather on watching us yeah listening, whatever or, you know how can you see like us? how do you do like that? if
1: if you uh you know if you have questions made for Emilio Estevez but you mm-hmm. can't get in touch with him right like, you can
0: ask him we'll, what the meaning of free Jack is
1: yeah we'll fill in uh, we'll we'll fill in the, the holes for you
0: yeah is he a gangster is that it no he's, <laughs> he's unplugged he's a free Jack
1: <laughs> maybe uh maybe Emilio is just embarrassed to tell Arsenio that like uh the cool heroic black character in this film gets murdered.
0: I don't think that even crosses his mind. I think he's just like, Arsenio, you're like, you're pumping a dry well. Like, there's nothing here. It's just a made up term.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, fair. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, but, you know, um, he's
0: good in coming to America. Uh, the, the thing about Rene Russo and in the, in the recasting is that you have to understand that, you know, part of being an actor is just being likable, and part of that is being attractive. So, you know, divide by. You carry the two. It's
1: so. You know. What's Eddie Redmain's excuse?
0: I, you know, you you just got it. Some just must must be really likable. <laughs> I
1: guess. <laughs> to somebody, yeah. That motherfucker looks like a dead fish. But anyway, right?
0: Yeah. But you know, you meet him and you're like, this Eddie Redmayne's pretty fucking cool.
1: <laughs> um, that said, yes. Um, everything said. Um, oh, as much yeah. as we've. Kind of shit on this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like we were alluding to at the beginning of the show, on watching it, I don't know if it's just like this is just an only 90s kids will X kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I was like, yes, yeah, this, yeah, this isn't that fucking bad. Like if this <laughs> if you I was thinking while I was watching this, that if this showed up on B-movie TV, mm-hmm We'd be like, hey, this is pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, what was the problem people had with this? Oh, and then that wild ending, you'd be like, oh, this actually held my attention most of the time.
1: Yeah. I guess, um,
0: yeah, <laughs> I've just watched some bottomlessly terrible movies since then. So, you know, I can now, uh, you know, with, with maturity and hindsight, I can grade Jack on a curve.
1: Yeah, like enough B-movie TV will really give you that ability. <laughs> Because, like, a lot of times when people say, like, oh, man, that movie sucked, I'm like, you have not even yeah,
0: scratched you don't the know. surface yeah. of what sucks. <laughs> you don't know what a sucky movie is. And keep in mind, like, Jen, I didn't um, burden you with this uh, the other day, but I was wondering, um, g- given how much B-movie TV I watch, if someone, you know, walked up to me and said, Tim, of Have You Seen This?, the famous podcast. <laughs> What is the worst movie you'd ever seen? And I've had trouble thinking of what that worst movie would be. I mean, my favorite worst movie off of B-Movie TV is, I, I want to say it's Truth or Dare, Critical of Madness, which we have reviewed. But That's,
1: um, that, is, that movie is something special.
0: <laughs> that movie is ridiculous. Um, but I think probably my favorite movie that I, my favorite bad movie is probably going to be Crocodile Fury.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That that is that movie is also that is also another something special kind of a Right,
0: film. which patrons go back in our back catalog, listen to our summary of that movie. You'll be as delighted as I was watching it. Um but I'm having a harder time thinking of like what B movies I absolutely hate. Like which ones are complete trash. Or I'm just like, God, not this fucking movie again. Oh I hate this movie, it's so bad. I mean, hmm. there are ones that, like, I, I hate the characters and the actors in it. You know, hating mm-hmm. actors, people that I've never met, but I hate them. Um, Fuck them. Yeah. Like and, Eddie Redmayne. Oh, yeah. Geez, that fish-lip asshole. <laughs> I assume he's an asshole. I don't know.
1: I, I don't know if he actually is. I've never met the man. He's it's just probably his, not, his...
0: because, like I said, being an actor is like being likable. You but get his... along with people.
1: His face gives me deuce chills.
0: All right, Maybe. Um, But, yeah, Jen, it, can you think of what B-movie you absolutely hate? Like, which one is, is the worst movie that you've ever seen?
1: A B-movie that I hate.
0: Yeah. One that you're like, this movie is crap and it is awful. Not ones where mm. you're just like, this is a bad movie and, like, I, I like it. Like, I enjoy its badness. But then mm-hmm. there are B-movies that come on and you're like, oh, come on. Not mm. this shit again.
1: Well... It's not Psycho Ninja. Okay. That was fun.
0: Okay. Oh yeah.
1: Um, I'm trying to think of something that it would have to be something that I had watched mm-hmm. and had just been like, oh, "This is too shitty to even finish."
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's the irony is that a movie that you hate, you probably didn't bother to watch all the way through.
1: <laughs> or like, if it offended me on some kind of like a cellular level. Yeah.
0: Like there's some like. There's something, like, I disagree with where it's just, like, I don't like this actor. Like, I just hate this actor or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, taken as a whole, like, what is bad about this this movie? I mean, I do have to say there's a kind of movie that I dislike. And uh, speaking of B-movie TV, on um, uh, for the month of October, they changed their, their programming up. Uh, at, for people who who don't know, who haven't heard me, uh, sell sell B-movie TV before um it's a Roku channel that shows a B-movie TV uh, a B-movie every two hours Just every two hours here's another B-movie then they have some filler garbage in the middle that is atrocious and then you know at the at the beginning of the even numbered hour here comes another B-movie um and but they mix it up on uh for the month of October they do all the horror except at midnight then they do sleaze and um Ken on the Facebook group was like hey um Let's let's come up with like some theme days, um, you know. Do let's let's do movies on a theme. So people suggested like you know vampires and werewolves and slashers and ghosts and stuff like that. And my suggestion for a theme was assholes in the woods, because oh right yeah we
1: talked about this in our found footage episode.
0: Okay yeah great. Um, geez I'm already running out of stories. I need to leave the apartment. Um, <laughs> but anyway, well, how yeah. are
1: you going to watch B Movie TV? I, I,
0: yeah they need a mobile app. Get on it Ken. Um, no, but, but yeah, it's been, um, yeah, those, those movies, um, uh, Hollywood's New Blood, that one sucks and is awful and is also, I think, 67 minutes long. Um, there's the Ridge Runner, the lead, I want to say, in that is a complete douchebag and, like, I don't think that's just his character. Um, there's Carver, which sucks. Um, there's, um, I think Pelts, that is a bunch of assholes who are, like, Just a bunch of dicks and cunts and just unpleasant (laughs) people. I'm just like, why am I watching this? Hmm. And there's some others. But if I've already covered it, then just go back and, you know, re-listen to episode 120 or whatever.
1: Well, tell you what. Well, um, while I'm trying to think of a B movie that I truly hated, let's talk about Free Jack.
0: Okay, but those are the movies that I absolutely despise. Um,
1: <laughs> I did not despise this movie. How did you feel about it?
0: I felt better about it this time, more so than I did as a you know as a judgmental tween who had nothing but you know the 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 highest taste in movies at the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, you were like, "What the fuck? This isn't half as good as Lawnmower man."
0: <laughs> Another 90s cyber thriller. Do Interesting. You know when-
1: when I finished this movie on Tubi, uh-huh. Tubi then tried to play the director's <laughs> cut of Lawnmower Man. <laughs> and I was like, no, thank you, Tubi. You're like, listen, you scumbag. <clears throat> You'll watch
0: anything. Don't you dare get up off that couch. <laughs> Where do you even have to go?
1: It's And then Tubi is like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you want more Hitler documentaries for your <laughs> refined palate? Here, Hitler, Hitler, Hitler. Yeah. Oh, did because here, you, Nazis were to be
0: a cult. Or maybe they weren't, but it's good enough for this bullshit podcast. Or...
1: It only took like two, uh, two or three World War II documentaries on Tubi before hmm. I started getting Hitler and UFOs. Oh, I was you, like, All right. You don't
0: know say. <laughs> yeah. Jen's on the uh, right wing incel pipeline.
1: I mean, like, it's kind of like, I mean, like Tubi you know, is...
0: Lenny Reefinstall had some good ideas. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> Tubi is not as bad as YouTube right. in that respect, but if you're not they won't careful, to actually
0: radicalize you,
1: you will get, like, complete whack, loon garbage on there. But hey, I don't know. Maybe you're trying to, maybe you're seeking it out because you enjoy that sort of thing. I mean, in that case, go nuts. Like, you know, hit hit the thumbs up on, like, you know, the Dan Aykroyd UFO (laughs) interviewer, what what the fuck ever. God, did I watch that? Or, hey, you know, occult secrets of the SS.
0: Mm -hmm. The secret is they were not into the occult. Um, There's a skip episode about that.
1: Himmler was, like, I know he was like, oh, I'm going to create a master race, but Uh the guy just looked like a bitch. Like, what the fuck was up with that?
0: Right, yeah, that is kind of ironic, isn't it?
1: Like, all those guys looked like shit.
0: Yeah. Or he's like, I am going to create a, a, a golem uh, sort of... Wait, was the historical text on that? Oh, never mind. <laughs> this is very awkward. <laughs> mm,
1: well, yeah. well, well they, they had some good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 were very su- they, they were very successful yeah, people. The golem is one of the good ones. <laughs> Um, geez. Now, how do I go from Hitler to Free Jack?
0: Uh, talk about B movie TV unprompted.
1: Fucking, Tubi. Right. Tubi, 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 Tubi. Uh, Free Jack. Okay, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Like, suffice to say, this movie did not leave much of an impression.
1: I well, I mean, I have material for it. Okay. Um, I didn't hate it, which is good. It's not good right Um, yeah it isn't maybe maybe i should put it this way um tim if you were perhaps being compelled by an insane woman to think of a good thing about free jack i don't know why you would be in that situation Uh but if you were what is a good thing that you could say about free jack
0: it is a light introduction to transhumanism
1: Ooh, that's pretty good tim (laughs) Yeah, it's you know, I should point out that uh, this movie in I believe the promotional materials was billed as from the producer of Alien and Total Recall.
0: That's true. Franchisette. said,
1: yeah, which is I got to say, I can see why they tried to sell it like that. But that is a high fucking bar, (laughs)
0: right? Yeah, it's almost unearned, although, you know, his name is literally in the credits. So what can you do? There you go. The The problem that I have um, is not that this is a bad movie, but I think that it is a bad genre. Cyberpunk I is, correct me, uh, come onto the Discord, lambast me for being wrong, but uh, <laughs> without mentioning the Matrix, tell me a good cyber thriller movie, like a, a well-regarded cyber uh cyber thriller
1: that is a very intriguing question because i'm having a hard time thinking of one there are certainly like
0: i can think of plenty of that type of movie but none of them where i'm like
1: the net really do do you kind of feel like maybe this stuff was just out of hollywood's wheelhouse because i mean at the time we're talking 1992 Mm -hmm. pre-internet um and as we know, like, I mean, Hollywood is a su- superficial town anyway, so any of these production companies are kind of going to be playing catch-up, and they're not going to be, like, on the cutting edge of what's cool. It, so it might you be. can have, like, really, you can have really gripping and interesting and relevant literature mm-hmm. in kind of, like, the cyberpunk genre, you know, stuff which definitely, like, pushes the the envelope. Right. Right. Um, might be more of a question for a friend of the show Paul to name some good cyberpunk kind of thrillers but as right. for like mainstream media yeah like how are they gonna get that right
0: well at first uh, let me stop you because Paul's just gonna talk about Neil Stevenson for a thousand pages which <laughs> we do not need um but the uh, but but yeah, so I I'm going over all of the uh, you know, cyber thrillers that I can think of, and yeah, like none of them are good, with the exception, and this might be the saving grace of it is that if it is a satire of the future, those usually go over better.
1: Oh right, like uh, like demolition uh, total man, recall. Yeah, yeah,
0: they're both. Those those are the two examples that I can think of, and I'm sure. Someone on the Discord can correct me or maybe even broaden my horizons and mention another 90s cyber thriller that is good that maybe, you know, just was off our radar for some reason. But, yeah, like Total Recall by, you know, Ron Chassette. Demolition Man, that's another well-regarded satire of uh, our sort of benign, humane uh, future. Um, Right, it's yeah.
1: it's a it's a fun movie.
0: It's a fun movie. Maybe Jen isn't as on board with it as I am. Um, but, no, I like demolition. Right. right, and I think part of the problem is that a lot of the time, um, I think with sci-fi and in particular, with you know cyber movies, is that when they're losing that element of satire, they forget that like these movies are supposed to be a reflection on sort of modern times. Their mm-hmm. science fiction is used to say let's extrapolate this one mo- modern issue to you know to the nth degree and see what is what does that look like and without that i think that your you know your dystopian future um you know your your cyber thriller doesn't really have anything grounding it and if that's the case then it, if there's nothing grounding it audience aren't going going to respond to it like it takes it takes some extra work to try and be like why why am i invested in this story because it doesn't you know spell out like this kind of gaudy satirical uh, reflection of, you know, modern society as, you know, as shown in the future.
1: And it's interesting because like, I've heard a couple of different accounts of like what went wrong with this movie. Obviously Uh there is the narrative of, of the director. Right. I would probably be more inclined to agree with him because I'm probably going to align myself with the creative more than I am with like the suits or like, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of like cynical industry Observers like this is a this is a show which falls firmly on the side of art, uh, with a capital A. Okay, and uh, possibly with a an F at the beginning <laughs> and an E at the end, to quote Stuart Copeland. Okay, um, Jeff Murphy's account uh, was that the production company, the studio, really wanted kind of a Schwarzenegger type of action movie, mm-hmm. and his his account says that um what was interesting in the script was kind of like flattened out so they could have you know hey like a you know two-fisted sci-fi action thriller maybe in the vein of total recall because while it does total recall does have that verhoeven touch it's got that satirical edge but Mm. it also has you know arnold doing his arnold thing and you know arnold at the time arnold was you know he delivered a product reliable and reliably and we all thought it was great right yeah so for this you uh you don't have your muscle-bound hero you have a stray Estevez, mm-hmm. and i don't even want to hate on emilio that much like he's fine and he tries right uh, he's not he's not arnold and there's a point where you like Kind of ask yourself, and this is going to be mean, but mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like if you really were like, I need a body to jump into, because mm-hmm. I'm at the end of my life. It's like, would you like settle on Emilio Estevez? <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, can I get, like get a little more height or something?
0: I don't know. I mean, you know, if he's well, he's a
1: race what's card. his dick look like? Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> look, they barely had the internet in 1991, Jen. There weren't any Estevez dick pics online.
1: Ugh! Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I I think it,
0: that he would just prefer to be alive because the well, yeah, yeah, the enfor- and I
1: understand it's probably difficult to triangulate to a point of time where you can like snatch somebody's body right before the moment of death. Mm-hmm. I guess it's is is that like an ethical thing where it's like oh well you know we don't want to just like take somebody who's like living their life like we'll take somebody who has like an expiration date already.
0: Yeah, that's... Okay, that's two questions that the script does not answer.
1: (laughs) I mean, the the basis for the story would seem to have some interesting possibilities for, you know, asking questions about, um, you know, heartlessness and Mm -hmm. capitalist cynicism and, you know, the grist for the mill... Right. that I mentioned but I think maybe because they were like hey let's have let's do like an Arnold type sci-fi action movie like they're not that interested in answering any of those questions
0: right which is the thing that I was saying earlier about like if it isn't grounded in modern problems and you're like all right it's just a dumb adventure I don't know I hope the guy gets to keep his body
1: yeah and uh, to kind of add on to what I was saying earlier about um, Jeff Murphy the director's account Mm-hmm. of the making of the film. Interestingly, I've seen elsewhere that uh, people in the cast and crew blamed the director for being, like, too focused on action and well, less Well, on... the movie is
0: about two-thirds car chases, so I think that there is some merit to that.
1: Yeah, and, you know, honestly, like, maybe that was just what he was saddled with because he was not a director who was going to be able to say no we're making this picture my way because people would be like who the fuck are you like you did a successful picture for us but like don't get too big for your britches buddy well because he had like a decent feature to under his belt but like nothing you know not a barn burner like okay the matrix you know right yeah or total recall (laughs) yeah yeah because as i recall total recall made a fuck of a lot of money.
0: It Well, yeah, that's Paul Verhoeven. I mean, I guess it's just in the hands of a more, um, more director.
1: Yeah, and then... Um, Which and you then don't want to
0: say because, you know, there's a guy doing a job.
1: I suppose. Yeah. But uh, that's a question for another pod. Um, a Verhoeven pod. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, maybe because... You have Basically just a Hollywood product mm-hmm. Like th- you're not going to get Any interesting cyber Or cosmic questions about yeah, You know just, the nature an, of being It's an and ungrounded blah, blah, blah.
0: narrative Yeah Yeah yeah. because I mean even um, Total Recall had you guessing like Well is this all a dream Like you're, you're kind of trying to use the audience or trying to figure that out And you only get like Just the, the tiniest of mind fucks In like the last five minutes of this movie which to their credit yeah. they did go for something like that, which is totally like something that I would pull in a traveler adventure or maybe even call Cthulhu.
1: <laughs> you know what it might be? It might hmm. be that um Heck, Philip K. Dick yeah. who gave us We Can Remember It For You Wholesale, which was uh-huh. the basis for Total Recall, is a little bit of a stronger writer than Robert Sheckley. Again, I don't know. I've read more Philip K. Dick than Robert Sheckley. I
0: mean, I think that that is self-evident, though. Like It supports your premise where it's like, yeah, people have heard of and probably read Philip K. Dick. Like right. You read some of one of Sheckley's short stories, and you're like, yeah, I'm I'm good yeah so something and to think about
1: it could be and it could be that i'm being unfair and that i wasn't willing to look past what i considered the flaws of the story but well you're just also, being emotional
0: which is you know <laughs> <laughs> it's endemic to your to your gender
1: and i am impossible to imagine in bed many have tried
0: <laughs> they tried and failed
1: they tried and died <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's the bene Gesserit, now there's the jenna bezeret
1: <laughs> oh, watch out for my gum jabbar yes um yeah
0: so suffice to say you don't want to imagine jen in bed mm-hmm. uh, yeah
1: speaking of call of cthulhu <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. But hey, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. I, um <laughs>
0: speaking of half fish person. Aww. What? <laughs> All right, you,
1: you can take that out. She is so fish. Um <laughs> Oh yeah, my god. Yeah, so Becky. I don't know, maybe they weren't building on the strongest foundation with this movie. I did notice that um one yeah. of the credited screenwriters is Stephen Pressfield who mm-hmm. is a successful writer but in that way where it's not like, uh, you know, it's not exactly like Sir Robert Bolt.
0: Right, like he's, a, he wrote... he's a working author.
1: Yeah, like he wrote, and who knows, like, if he's ghosted on stuff that was amazing. Like, I don't actually know. But, you know, the 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 credit that gets thrown around when you talk about him is uh, Legend of Bagger Vance, mm-hmm. which is the Will Smith Magical Negro Caddy movie. So that's Okay. And um, he's I, also I have... he's also written a couple of um, successful kind of like self help books for creatives. Uh, one of which is uh, Going Pro. Yeah, and the other one I forget the title of. But. I have no hey, evidence. You can probably find that on Scribe too.
0: Yeah, I have no evidence to support this, but I'm convinced that Bagger was not the original first name.
1: <laughs> it
0: looks similar. <laughs>
1: I had the misfortune to be trying to drink water, just as you said. <laughs> I just... Oh, man, I just backwashed big time in this class. You
0: bagger-washed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we on the topic of, um, let's say, um, dispiriting portrayals of f- black people on the screen. I mm-hmm. did notice that... Um, the one one cool and helpful black character gets murdered in this movie because, of course, Yeah, that was, he's a secondary character. That
0: was Theo Huxtable, wasn't it?
1: No, it's... uh, What's the actor's name?
0: I don't know. Actors all look the same to me it's
1: <laughs> his name uh i believe the actor's name was grand l bush oh okay which is a fantastic name it is yeah. um and that's
0: unfortunate because i immediately recognize the other guys the landlord from coming to america
1: right speaking of um, arsenio hall and
0: <laughs> the other <they're>, one <laughs> the other black guy in this movie nice going uh, tim y-
1: well, hey, we're like we're embodying the problem. Right, so Yes, for sure. If you're listening yeah. and you're not pissed off, you're not paying attention.
0: Right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm also not paying attention, so I can't be bothered to Google actors.
1: <laughs> but um, the 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 eagle monologue man. Yeah. That's another that's another character where she's like, oh, like this is like kind of a cool little showy part, which is basically set up. To give a pep talk to the white hero
0: Right, yeah it, he's And he is um, the, the building manager From uh, from Coming to America And the gist right. of so that speech is just like You know, it's the Churchill quote of You know, when going through hell, keep going Yeah Because like, look, man, you came this far
1: It is kind of a great speech Because it veers perilously close to mo- Not making any fucking sense <laughs>
0: But he sticks the landing, and for that we are grateful. Yeah,
1: he like brings it around. You know, like the eagle pulls out of that dive. Yeah, and continues it's to like soar. It's like two eagles fucking.
0: how they'll just like just plummet to earth and hope that they <laughs> finish in time.
1: <laughs> what a way to go! Yeah, they.
0: You know, because because I think you know we don't want to dismiss you know the female eagle's orgasm in in the mating ritual.
1: We're centering female eagles' pleasure. <laughs> what a
0: stupid podcast!
1: <laughs> you know what was um, apropos of nothing? One mm? of your maybe one of your greatest lines ever. Yeah, was in our body of evidence episode. Right. It was when you said that Madonna's character is so game that you go to shake her hand and it comes back wet. <laughs> it's like, damn, that's good. <laughs> oh, I, I know what I'm about. Tim's known a lot of horny women.
0: I have, yeah.
1: And he's disappointed them all.
0: (laughs) I mean, personality-wise, yes. I mean, I think that's clear.
1: This is now the roast of Tim. Boop. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is is,
0: uh, two exes bickering about movies. Yes. I think that's, that's pretty much our angle.
1: We got a couple of good responses to us, like, try to dox each other <laughs> in the last <laughs> episode for some reason people thought that was really funny
0: right yeah i'm, I'm just um, saying the side door to jen's house is not locked
1: ugh, i don't yeah like don't don't come for me in my cool houseboat which is probably gonna burn down because i just leave candles burning all day
0: right well um yeah there's another body of evidence right there
1: wait i think um speaking of uh we, we talked a little bit about the writing in this movie and the writers, such mm-hmm. as they are. You mentioned one of the writers by name, uh, Ronald Shusett.
0: Yeah, yeah, the alien guy.
1: Right. Um, do you want to hold forth on uh, his work at all and maybe speculate on what the fuck he was doing with this movie? Slumming? I don't know. Slumming like Anthony Hopkins?
0: Well, I mean, from the beginning, it kind of has that same, you know, alien ish veneer, it has that kind of, you know, lived in future. Um, but beyond that, the story itself, I, I mean, I don't think we've really finished talking about, I think like the, the slightness of the story. Like I was going to ask, you know, before we, we went on yet get another digression, like Jen, have you, like you can relate, like you, do you remember that time when you got sent to a, an environment wholly different from your own and someone wanted to steal your body for their own purposes?
1: Um... Man, have I got some stories? Yeah, I think it must have been some of the, which have been option for cinema.
0: Right, yeah. It might have been that one time that you went to Spain. Um but <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying is that like the story itself is not particularly relatable, and I think that's its weakness because like I, I mentioned in our um previous episode, um me repeating other people's wisdom that there, you know, there aren't any any plot holes. Plot holes are just you aren't invested enough in the story that you notice holes in it in the plot Mm -hmm. um kind of like in this movie how they're saying how, how Jen pointed out couldn't they just um like time portal anyone from the past like there are plenty of you know people who die like in hospitals or in car crashes or victims of violence or do they even need to be dead just like take some random person and be like oh one person randomly disappeared one day, and it didn't happen enough so that anyone made any made anything of it. It just happened every every time that a billionaire, you know, one percent <laughs> of the population, um, you know, needed like was dying and needed a new body. Right. So that's that's the one. And then the other thing too is like they go through all these hoops to have perfected time travel to find the healthy body of someone before you know the uh. uh you know, catastrophic environmental, you know, economic a- apocalypse. But they couldn't just like raise their own kid and then use their body. Like, they couldn't just have like planned ahead a little.
1: Yeah, but then you get attached to them.
0: Do it's you? It's like having a—they're like they're a a... attached to no one. You've—you've you've read Elon Musk's tweets.
1: Oh right, like yeah, and he's got like twenty-seven has, kids that he yeah, spends 20, like five minutes a year
0: with. Tw- uh, d- 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 twenty-seven yeah. potential organ donors.
1: Right right, right 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 right
0: yeah that's how he's gonna live forever you don't need to travel back in time for that he's he's got like it he's got a full roster of waiting healthy lungs and hearts
1: there's also another thing here and like i don't know if maybe it's just that the um story kind of got like uh kind of confused in the transition to screen because mm-hmm. i did read far enough in the source novella to know that um the main character is uh, he's some, he's like a yacht designer or something like that. Driving like a he drives like a small hot car. Mm-hmm. And he's on the road and like uh, Alex Furlong in the movie, he is snatched at the very moment of his death in a fiery car crash. It's not in a Formula One racer. It's mm-hmm. in it's just in his like little ass sports car.
0: Um, he he pulled a, uh, a James Dean.
1: Right. Um and in Man, the movie walking around in that
0: body in two thousand nine.
1: And in the movie he does uh, Dale Earnhardt.
0: Oh.
1: But I get but okay, but this is where the confusion kind of comes in for me. Or any because, number.
0: I got a friend who could list like a half a dozen <laughs> notable uh, right, racing like, deaths. But go on.
1: In the book, it's sort of implied that he's snatched at like the moment of death. Right at the moment of death, because mm-hmm. there is, um, you know, somewhat gruesomely described in the book. Like, and this is 1958, so the steering column does go through his chest.
0: Yeah, you think that Ralph is- Nader was reading that as like, you could
1: probably do something about that. <laughs> Good for him, yeah, our king Ralph Nader. <laughs> right. um, it's implied that there's like, you know, obviously you die violently or Mm -hmm. you know as a result of blunt force trauma there's gonna be some mangling to the body and so in the book he is it's not his body which is snatched it's his consciousness which is transplanted into a new body in the future because when he wakes up and he's finally able to see himself he realizes that he's you know in 1958 he was a tall lean dark guy and in twenty one ten or whenever it is, he's like a kind of a squat, like blonde, curly-haired, scowling-faced
0: Okay, here's, here's here's how we fix Free Jack. It's <laughs> it's face off, but with Amelia Svez and Charlie Sheen.
1: <laughs> oh, oh man, <laughs> shit! I am. Very far from a fan of Charlie Sheen, but I would fucking watch.
0: That. Oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Damn.
0: It can be, you know, the, the ninth oh, scary scary movie franchise and film.
1: Of course, Charlie Sheen needs Emilio's body because Emilio doesn't have fucking HIV.
0: Right, yeah. He hasn't like wrecked his own body.
1: Also, he didn't he doesn't look at uh Kitty porn or rape Corey Haim.
0: Right. The another yeah, she, two positives. Charlie
1: Sheen really needs a fucking do over. Right.
0: Yeah. Two so. positives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're terrible, Muriel. I know. That's really good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, if anybody's out there and you um if uh, you're curious, read Denise Richards' divorce decree uh, for when she split from Charlie Sheen. It is hair raising. Wow. You will feel really bad for Denise Richards and their kids. Which even normally was a fucking real housewife or yeah, whatever. Yeah,
0: which normally you wouldn't having seen uh Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: I'd uh I'd like to feel her bad, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Whatever. Uh, no. It, it it was lascivious. Right. I my intention I'd was like, lascivious. I'd, I'd
0: like to kneel Patrick Her Harris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's afraid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. No. Like, I think you did solve the problem. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the the feature version, what we have is Emilio Estevez having his actual body and personality and brain and presence and mm-hmm. soul or whatever. Everything.
0: Yeah. The whole kit and s- caboodle.
1: Snatched 18 years into the future. Uh huh. Like right before he's mangled. Yeah. In a fiery car. Right before he gets that basilar skull fracture, which ends his life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So very different from the book.
0: Right. So if you had been transported 18 years into the future from 2005, and it's just you and your flip phone and your MP3 player <laughs> with like a 1-800-collect card, and that's <laughs> and that's all you have access to. You've got you know, a, a Sony Mavka, so you can take pictures back on your three-and-a-half-inch floppy disks. <laughs> what are you going to do? How are you going to survive in the world of 2023?
1: Uh, That's a good question, and it should also be mentioned that the world of 2009 in this movie looks a fuck of a lot like the world of... Twenty Twenty Three in a lot uh-huh, of ways, yeah. <laughs> because one thing that I did like about the movie, if we're saying nice things about the movie, sure, we is can. the way it depicts an incredibly stratified society in which um the lower classes, the Morlocks, are siloed off completely right. from the wealthy. Yeah, they took, like they uh, there's no mixing at all.
0: Yeah, they they just upped the timetable. It took us until you know twenty twenty one to have just a. You despairing hellhole of homelessness in L.A. at least,
1: right? Like for it to literally look like fucking Blade Runner as you're driving down Sepulveda <laughs> Boulevard, watching like the little delivery robots on the sidewalk and the garbage overflowing in the trash cans and
0: yeah, and, the you tent know,
1: cities it... <laughs> that the LAPD are just minutes away from busting up violently. Uh, wow, <laughs> it's cool place. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so, you know, the dark future 2009, you know, not far off.
1: Yeah, and kind of the only real difference uh, <clears throat> between our current reality and the world of Jack is that I guess in, in Jack there isn't really, um, I guess it's more like an east-west Berlin kind of situation where, like, there are mm-hmm. checkpoints. That you, you can't, like, travel freely between the zones, at least not if you, you know, don't have money or whatever. Right. And, in fact, there is a line... There's a line later in the movie where I guess the middle class continued its decline uh, after the recession of, of 2008. Oh, my God. This all came from the recession of 2008. It was just <laughs> accelerated.
0: It. Yeah, it's where the timeline split. So, yeah, we have a dark future um, in 2009 where, you know, Taylor Swift is a country star and Kanye West is popular.
1: <laughs> and, uh hasn't yet gone public with exactly how he feels about the jewish people (laughs) right Yeah, Um, avatar was a commercial
0: flop and that's what sunk the economy
1: but there's a line later in the movie and i forget who who says it but um it's someone describing you know the society of 2009 and it's there's people at the top people at the bottom and no one in between
0: that's reagan's america
1: yeah and we're not quite there yet but damn near right
0: Yeah, I mean, give it another another couple of years and we might reach 2009 eventually.
1: Lucky us. It did freak me out a little bit that, um, you know, because as is often the case in these these fictional science fiction dystopias, um, there's an implication of rampant pollution. Mm -hmm. And they're very specific at, at one point where... They're talking about like all the fucking chemicals that are just like
0: everywhere you know,
1: spewing yeah. like benzene, like spewing into the, the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where um Alex Furlong, Emilio Estevez's character, like he has to make a death dive off a bridge to get away from Mick Jagger and his goons. Mm-hmm. And he falls in the water and comes out and I'm just like, OK, so he's definitely got like. HEPA cove aids right at this point like he's fucked
0: yeah charlie sheen wouldn't trade bodies with him at that point
1: yeah like he's 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 got like uh he's got leptospirosis and rat lungworm and Mm -hmm. God knows what else from that yeah so
0: before you travel to the future take get your shots (laughs)
1: um right so that's uh that's a little unsettling Mm-hmm. Isn't it? The, yeah, I mean, the it's, it's... commonalities between uh, Free Jack world and our world. I mean, I haven't seen many foul-mouthed nuns or David Johansson.
0: Right, which is another thing that we need to mention. Um, Feeling
1: hot, hot, hot. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> he's, done Same, other, boom, boom,
0: boom, boom. he's done other work, Jen.
1: Yeah, I know about but, the New York Dolls, Tim. Yeah,
0: but yeah, uh, and he'll tell you himself. <laughs> it's like, I made more money like you know, doing a Buster Poindexter gig for, you know... Uh ninety minutes at a corporate event than I ever did, you know, playing for the New York dolls.
1: I mean, hey, get that bag, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's right.-hmm, so but you sounded like you were about to make a point.
0: Oh uh, I, I forget we're we're talking about uh, disease in the future. and um what was the point that I was gonna make?
1: Wait huh? did did he have sex with Renee Russo after he fell in that water?
0: I don't know. I don't, oh,
1: man, she's got HEPA co now, too. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's true.
1: Hmm. Oh, well. Well, anyway. maybe
0: it's like Demolition Man Future where they don't actually uh, touch when they have sex.
1: Oh, right. They yeah. can use the three shells.
0: <laughs> That's for going to the bathroom. Although, on, maybe, they might they're, be kinky. maybe they're kinky. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh No, I forget. Well, yeah, I, I, I forget what we were supposed to say about disease in the environment or something. Um, anyway, the future sucks. They did get that part right. Um, yes. I think it might've been, oh no, it was, the, the disease thing was just sort of like casually mentioned as like, you know, background sort of window dressing. It isn't as in your face as another Verhoeven movie, like the, um, uh, what the, the, uh, uh,
1: showgirls.
0: No, the, the, Cla- everybody got AIDS and shit. Right. Yeah. No, Yeah. It's true. <laughs> um, no, it is, um. I don't remember the guy's name but you know one of Clarence Bodiger's crew in uh, Robocop getting uh, you know rammed (laughs) the the truck ramming into that vat of industrial waste and him coming out and melting (laughs) like that that is an arresting image
1: God that that movie is so sick (laughs) it is yeah what a great fucking movie yeah I have it on Laserdisc Uh, That's a great format, Tim. yeah,
0: yeah, it's a great analog format, Jen. <laughs> um, so the, yeah, but but we also mentioned um or Jen mentioned uh, David Johansson of uh New York dolls, also from Scrooged, uh, a a great oh, character right, actor. Yeah. just yeah, a, like just, yeah, just the sort of guy that like you don't want in your face or to like meet in a dark alley. Because it's like, ah, shit, I'm in trouble.
1: It's sort of funny because they have two musicians with huge mouths in this movie.
0: That's true, yeah. Maybe that was just what the director was going for. It's like, the audience will pick up on it.
1: Yeah, like, in the future, people have freakishly huge mouths. (laughs) yeah. Everyone looks like fucking Eddie Redmayne with their big old fish (laughs) lips.
0: So this is our episode dedicated to Eddie Redmayne.
1: I'm saying that guy is so ugly. All right so ugly i mean not like marjorie taylor green ugly but like oh yeah that's uh... uglier than a on-screen leading man uh-huh. ought to be
0: yeah i've i've eh, i don't remember someone online compared her unfavorably to a fictitious character
1: i always compared her to the camel alien from the Oh, from the cantina? Um, the cantina scene in Star Wars.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I don't want to, but I can Wait, see it. Wait, tell me
1: that there isn't a strong resemblance. Yeah. Because that bitch is busted.
0: <laughs> what was that alien's name? Something like Cam-L or some shit.
1: She's so busted, they should mm-hmm. call her Busted Point Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> I am Boom! not
0: feeling hot. Mm-mm-mm. Feeling cold, not, cold, not, cold. Not, yeah. <laughs>
1: Feeling cold, cold, cold. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so we oh, he didn't even talk r- about Mick Jagger. Yeah. Or Jerry Hall. Jerry Hall is in this. Yeah, that's the, wild. The then Mrs. Jagger. Yeah. Yeah. She has a small part as a uh
0: sort of a cameo.
1: Um, I guess a streamer. <laughs> yeah. Cause uh I mean I think that they obviously they were thinking of television at the time, but they do seem to be kind of like roving and broadcasting. Mhm. Just, I just picking up
0: stuff they're yeah they're live streaming she's got her own twitch yeah.
1: yeah and it is sort of funny that that's um that's how alex outs himself is that he accepts a drink at the bar yeah he from, gets future uh, drunk yeah and then it turns out that that shit is strong as fuck in the future right <laughs> he immediately starts like <laughs> tripping balls
0: oh wait it was 2009 they probably gave him a four loco
1: oh lucky bastard <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, he just
0: blacked out. And then he's like, then I was at the top of a skyscraper playing with a, a giant Jax with uh, with Anthony Hopkins.
1: Did I was in a desert landscape with Rene Russo. Did that really happen? And Anthony Hopkins told me he wanted my body. <laughs> man, that's fucked up. I missed War Loco. Yeah. Oh. What a Damn. blessed evening. Oh man! Yeah, Tim, you had a you had a four loco experience, did not you? It was it is at it
0: uh it is exactly what you th- think it was. Yes, what and,
1: you remember of it sounds great. Yeah, no, right. Because yeah, I was uh, I was
0: with Todd in Silver Lake, yada yada yada. Then we're in Hollywood at the um <laughs> uh, at the like sex shop that Lisa worked at, and and like Todd had to remind me of this. I'm like. How did we get from one place to the other? Like I don't
1: know. <laughs> oh. For all you, for all we know, you jumped off a bridge fleeing Mick Jagger and swam there. Yeah,
0: I I do remember shouting out my sunroof, um, but like <laughs> other than that, no. Like I don't. Like I don't. Re- I don't even remember that we saw Lisa that night. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah todd, just, ha- todd had a me, like no that's where we ended up later that damn,
1: like when how damn yeah that uh, reminds me four of the loco time is
0: beautiful i can't believe they took it off the market it is such a shame that stuff is uh, yeah. amazing
1: there's got to be a way to recreate it um it wasn't it wasn't a four loco time but that reminds me of the time you and i again ending up in hollywood we were at the it was like 5:30 a.m. Mm-hmm. We were at the Mel's diner on Highland, right? And I was I was eating a tuna melt, and I was still drunk as fuck. We were At 5:30 a.m. Yeah, and like, and it,
0: <laughs> no, well, it was 4:30, but we had just gotten completely trashed on like the equinox, <laughs> and so we lost an hour, and we're like, "Fuck,
1: it's already tomorrow morning." Like I feel like we must have been at the frolic room at some point because one of those margaritas they serve in oh yeah like, the pint glasses a, yeah, had to tumbler. have been involved yeah. right
0: yeah that is a good uh, that is a good <laughs> way to start or end an evening because yeah. that is just like that is that is an evening in a in a can right there
1: oh yeah good times yeah so
0: I could understand me just like cutting loose to Jerry Hall. If like I was on a Ford Loco and then not remembering any of it
1: <laughs> you were <laughs> you're on camera like yeah I'm from fucking 2009 and I'm fucked up
0: <laughs> yeah I got transported from the 90s I'm a race car <laughs> driver
1: you got so fucked up on Ford Loco you thought you were from 1991 <laughs> you're like I don't even know who the fucking president is <laughs> I think it's I. I think it, it, no, the pre- it's, it's president.
0: The president is Bush, and I'm like again.
1: <laughs> oh my god, this is a dystopia.
0: Right? It's, yeah, exactly. Mm. Just like you know now they mention that in Back to the Future, where it's like you know who's president, Ronald Reagan, ha, the
1: actor. And I suppose Jane Wyman is the first lady. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you know. Speaking of which, this dystopian does seem kind of like the alternate universe Hill Valley. Just like everything, oh, just yeah. kind of scummy and sleazy and whatever.
1: Well, it's because of all that four loco that they didn't take <laughs> off the market. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's the alternate timeline. So, it's like um, it's like Hogarth's get... Gin Lane, but everybody's like drinking a four loco and like dropping their baby into a canal and shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that that's what they need uh Emilio needs to get back to the past of of 1991.
1: I mean, can you blame him? Like, I want to go back to 1991 at this point. I know.
0: There's so many good cyber thrillers you (laughs) you could watch.
1: You can go to the theater and see the Lawnmower Man on the big
0: screen. (laughs) The way it was meant to be seen. You can see it in a double feature with the net and hackers.
1: And, you know, you're sitting there in 1991. You're like, oh, man, like, it's going to be four years before Virtuosity with Russell Crowe comes out. (laughs) Right. I I guess I'll At have... least next year we can watch Malcolm X starring Denzel Washington.
0: Right, yeah. Hey, you know, um, they're making a, an adaptation of the Michael Crichton book about dinosaurs.
1: Oh, damn. That sounds like it's going to be sick. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to have, like, puppet dinosaurs.
0: I mean, of course. I, I think they're <laughs> probably going to do, like, stop motion or something.
1: <laughs> they're bringing back Ray Harryhausen. Yes.
0: They're going you know, to put him in Emilio Estevez's body. So then he can do the effects.
1: (laughs) You know, uh, since we're already careening toward the end anyway, we should talk about the ending.
0: Right. Um, Let's see. I did also want to mention because you know Amanda Plummer does a great job in this. uh, Oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, because she adds like a bit of sort of satiric levity to it. Um, It if there was more. Uh, of her energy in the movie, it probably would have gone over better because it would have been more of like a goofy satire. Um, one of the uh, actors that we've not mentioned even once is the uh, uh, the esteemable um, Jonathan Banks, who you would know. Oh, right. Yeah. I was
1: like, oh, it's that Better Call Saul guy.
0: Right. And, you know, Breaking Bad. Yeah, he's Mike. Right. I mean, you know, being, being just a, 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 a grizzled old codger has certainly helped him. But yeah, he's. But he, in this,
1: he's a uh, kind of a, a terrifyingly sleepy-eyed younger corporate climber.
0: Right. Yeah, he has that same um, sort of uh, sort of cold, professional, like dispassionate tone about him, which is good. Yes. Um, and yeah, I can just say you know I've been a, a fan of him since before Breaking Bad. He's you know he's has a small part in *Buckaroo Banzai*. He's the orderly who gets killed.
1: Oh shit! Yeah, nice. Yeah,
0: but yeah, it's you know good for him. He you know. And now
1: he's getting TV residuals.
0: Yes. So you're
1: getting paid, my friend.
0: Yeah. So you know he had he had his tone, he had his his you know delivery down, and it was just a matter of time catching up with him, so he could be the you know the right uh, uh, fixer, I guess, in uh, (laughs) in the Breaking Bad cinematic universe.
1: I do want to mention a thing um, about the tone um, yeah. because you did bring it up uh, kind of, um, you know, how Amanda Plummer adds a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of like a little frisson of uh, interest. Yeah, because it's this. like a,
0: a goofy-ass future. We're just like, look, right. all the rules, like, you know, have been broken. Who cares anymore? Nothing makes sense.
1: Right. And um, I did mention earlier that um, the producer's, uh, seem to be bent on making basically like a straight-ahead sci-fi action thriller. Mm-hmm. But it's my understanding that um, they didn't they didn't just have to reshoot around their erstwhile leading lady, uh, the swap of Rene Russo for Linda Fiorentino. Mm-hmm. But there was an effort afterward to kind of add some levity to the film. Um, there were reshoots which were intended to kind of um, insert some comedy and a little bit of a light tone, which I actually think was, I mean, it didn't save the movie, but it was a good idea because it does kind of offer, like, the few enjoyable, lighthearted moments that this movie has to offer. Mm -hmm. Like, it's funny when uh, Emilio goes to hit uh, one of the goons who's been chasing him, only mm-hmm. to find that the guy's armor is really effective. Well,
0: yeah, he's attacking him with a melee weapon. He probably doesn't have any strength bonus, and that's only going to do like a do like two dice, and even <laughs> a basic vax suit gives you a plus eight. So, I mean, the odds are definitely in the guy's favor.
1: Doesn't even dent the guy's helmet.
0: Right. I don't think he even notices. Like, he hits him just like he no-sells it.
1: Oh, and this is another weird thing. Yeah? Okay, so... You said correctly that this movie is like seventy-five percent car chase. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember if it's when Emilio is driving the champagne wagon, <laughs> <laughs> which this movie starts to look like a cross between Top Gear and wacky races at by a certain point. Right. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could definitely see you know James or Hammond like behind the wheel of a champagne truck. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What's a pillock? Yeah. Um,
0: just ver- barely peeking over the uh, dashboard.
1: But, you know, so they're, um, you know, he's he's driving this car. And it is great when um, he drives under a semi and acts and tears the top of the yeah. champagne truck, it, <laughs> ma- giving himself a convertible. That's fun. Right. That is the kind of fun touch that I appreciate in a, a dumb movie like this one. But, um, of course, there's lots of mayhem as they're driving willy nilly through the urban environment. And, there's a shot of someone screaming and diving out of the way. And I sat up when I heard it because I was like, that sounds like the beginning of I Feel Good by James Brown.
0: Right. Yeah. It 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 is an iconic scream, you know, like the Wilhelm. Like you recognize right. it when you hear it.
1: And if IMDb trivia doesn't lie, which is 50-50, why would it? It's
0: crowdsourced.
1: Right. Uh, that is indeed. The scream from the very beginning of I Feel Good by James Brown. So somebody was, as the uh, the British say, was having a laugh.
0: Yeah. Someone was taking the piss. And it was another the sound effects editor being like, who's going to notice? Yeah. It, even in
1: 1991, this guy, in 1992, this guy was sick of the Wilhelm. So he was spliced <laughs> in James Brown. Um, another fun bit of trivia from IMDb. Take it as you will. Mm-hmm. One of the movies on the Porno Theater marquee is Go Down Moses. Also the title of a short story by William Faulkner.
0: Ah. Uh the <laughs> one above it was a better pun. I don't remember it though.
1: Oh god damn it. It was um shit.
0: Shit the movie. That's That's pretty niche, <laughs> I don't know.
1: Shit the movie on a double bill with fart the movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, it was movie number 1 and movie number 2.
1: <laughs> uh, this isn't exactly movie number two, but damn right. near. Yeah. Damn near. Um, but uh, I think we were careening towards the ending of the film.
0: Right. And like the ending of the film, only now will we actually introduce Anthony Hopkins.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, again, he's acting via Zoom mm-hmm. earlier in the film. He's got like a couple of sc- literal screen appearances. Yeah. Like by video phone, I think that's futuristic.
0: Right, yeah. I think, I I can't be sure, but with the exception of one shot, I don't think uh, Tony was in the room with any of the other actors at any point.
1: Yeah, I was wondering the same thing because um, at the end, there's a part where he puts his arm around Emilio Estevez, uh-huh. but that surely was the only, I mean, what was that, like a day yeah. <laughs> of shooting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: they had Anthony Hopkins is like, I'll give you a day. It'll cost you $5 million.
1: And they were like, yes, sir. Like, I, they're okay. like, take the deal, take the deal. Do you remember how at the beginning of the show I said the only thing I remembered about this movie was The Nun? Okay. I did not even remember that Anthony Hopkins was in this. <laughs>
0: yeah, because he gets like a an end credit in the opening titles. Right And and or with, you know, whatever. I I don't know which is more prestigious. But yeah, it has that. But you're like, that is really, that reminds me of when I went to see a free test screening of 2001, A Space Travesty with Leslie Nielsen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And afterward, you immediately went and demanded your money back. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right they're like it was free I'm like fuck you give me my money <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs>
1: you
0: know, will sue
1: you <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and the um the people running it were like there's a uh there's a special surprise at the end of the movie <laughs> the surprise was fuck you there is no surprise we just didn't want you guys to leave half an hour in because that bringing it back around that's the worst movie I've ever seen I believe oh, it. I am so relieved. I can I finally know. <laughs> uh by the way, yeah, the the joke that they close out the movie with was a variety of um uh can fart sounds.
1: Damn, I bet that was really worth waiting through the 80 minutes of movie that you were forced to watch. I mean, was. I was
0: in college at the time, so like my time wasn't like worth anything. <laughs> but
1: Surely you had something to study. For. Yeah, like I could have been sleeping. Yeah. That... The the most precious commodity to a college student. Right. Yeah. Fuck,
0: I hate that movie. More so fuck those promoters for wasting the entire audience's time cuz yeah, like you could feel it in the crowd. They're like, "We should leave." <laughs> like I don't want to be here for the rest of this.
1: You know, um not the worst movie I've ever seen, but Just because of the circumstances. Yeah. And I'll take this opportunity to talk about it, because Tim did raise the question. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in college, I had some friends from my hometown visiting, and Westwood, being a movie with multiple theaters at the time, Mm -hmm. they were like, let's go see a movie. And I was like, okay, you guys have to see this movie that just came out. It's so good. It's called L.A. Confidential. I Mm -hmm. loved it. It's great. And they were like, sure. So we walked down to Westwood... And then at the last minute, my one friend says, oh, I want to go see this that's playing at the Bruin. Mm -hmm. And it was the object of my affection starring Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd.
0: I can't even picture that movie.
1: You're a lucky man because I sat through it and I was like, I am so fucking mad at you guys for making me watch this and not fucking LA Confidential.
0: Wow. Jen, you are a film snob like... Through and through. Like, I ever mean, since you were a little baby.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you sit through a movie with Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd and tell me what you think. Also, <laughs> uh, there my, uh, one time I was in New Why York City. Why would I do that? That sounds awful. And I was at... I went to get a blowout at Dry Bar, and they put movies on the TVs for clients to, like, watch while they're getting their hair blow-dried and shit. And it was the movie that was on was The Proposal with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. Huh. And I was like, I am not tipping after (laughs) you make me watch this. Like, (laughs) fuck you. This is the worst experience I've ever had in a salon. My hair looked great, though.
0: They're like, okay, fine. We'll put on the movie with uh, um, Bill Pullman and Ellen DeGeneres.
1: (laughs) Mr. Wrong?
0: Mr. Wrong.
1: (laughs) Did you see that in Westwood? No, why would I? (laughs) Even I don't I know, you went to see 2001 A Space Travesty
0: Yeah, because it was free, Jen I and don't it know, was, they it probably was free, had Jack
1: some, They probably had some free screenings of Mr. Wrong
0: Well, you get what you pay for
1: Um. Did you see It's Pat? In <laughs> 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 I don't know Um. So, Thank the God, ending no. of Free Jack
0: Right, where Anthony Hopkins deans to show up Yes, Danes, whatever. And
1: it turns out that he did all of this to get some pussy.
0: No, he didn't. He lied. He's a lying liar. You can't trust billionaires, Jen. You should know that. True, silly me. It's great. I yeah. was as
1: badly fooled as Emilio Estevez. This is this is like the actual
0: nut of a interesting story that is not um, fleshed out in any way that is dramatically satisfying because they make it all the way to the end boss, and the end boss is, you know, not like a, you know, he's not a, a big, tough guy who they have to fight. It isn't Mick Jagger, you know, who's, um you know. Real who big, tough yeah, guy. Yeah, who they're outclassed, you know, in a hand-to-hand sense. It is just little old Anthony Hopkins, but, you know, he fights him with his mind. It's something that, I don't know, M. Night Shyamalan mentioned in a movie or something. Um, oh, yeah, in, um what, Unbreakable. Yes. Yeah, so they actually do that. And you know, the
1: last good Shyamalan movie. Right. Yeah. The, rest of, the 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 you people who are like, "Oh, like I went and saw the new M Night Shyamalan. It's great. Like he's really great. He's a great filmmaker." So you're, you're part insane. of the problem. Yeah. I don't know what the f- like are you all doing a bit? Like is that <laughs> what this is? Like this is all like just a really elaborate like Nathan Fielder For style you. bit.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not. I'm not laughing so pro- probably um but yeah so anyway m9 imparts that wisdom which could be bullshit but it sounds <laughs> it sounds true so i'm taking it to heart anyways they get to anthony hopkins and he's and he tells him this whole sob story where it's like i'm not i'm not going to use your body anymore i was i was wrong and i just wanted renee russo to like me but i realized i can never be that man so we'll just go through all the um
1: she's got at least two feet on me
0: there's that too, which yeah. she
1: also has on Emilio, but I guess because he's a cool race car driver, she likes him.
0: Right? Yeah. Or maybe he, you know, wears lifts like uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so he gives them this this whole elaborate story while talking in front of like a Windows screensaver, um, and uh, and so they're they're ready to go through with it. It's like yeah, okay, I'll do the the transfer, but uh, it'll look like a transfer and you'll be me, and then I'll just delete myself. And then he calls down to Mick Jagger and he's like, you know, we're we're off, you'll be paid, it's plan 217 or whatever, and Mick Jagger's like, alright.
1: Execute order 66. Right, yeah.
0: Yeah, they even put more effort to it than George Lucas did. Um, <laughs> and it turns out that was all a ruse. It was, um, Anthony Hopkins is like, I've been humoring this idiot for five minutes waiting for you to get here when uh, Mick Jagger finally shows up. So it is... The
1: simple race car driver. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: So Anthony Hopkins, you know, his character, you know, true to the bitter end, is like, look, I'm just stalling to try and get this asshole's body so I can live longer. Um, And that's kind of a nice twist. And then there's a double cross with Mick Jagger being... Because they go through with it, and it maybe works or maybe doesn't. And Mick Jagger kind of... uh, Because... Emilio and and he have have a history, you know. He saved his life or didn't kill him, whatever. He's you know willing to give him a mulligan on that. Be like, are right, you? If you're really the guy, then you'll know his secret number. And he recites a number. He's like
1: he, six. Yeah. Nine. Four. I, I was. Two.
0: Yes. Zero. All right. Thirteen thirty seven.
1: And he's like, ah, ha, ha, you're right.
0: Right, yeah. I I was hoping that he would just be like six and he'd be like, right.
1: And yeah, then they stopped he there. Said, <laughs> he said six and then he was like, correct. I was like, you know, it's not even one, two, three, four, five. <laughs>
0: it's a one digit passcode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the same password I have in my luggage. <laughs> That actually, that
0: that actually came up in a game of paranoia that I was playing over the weekend. <laughs> like, oh, we need to get past the planet's defense systems. So like, there's a password. Like, let me guess. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So, so for reasons, built for
1: one thing. Search. search. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so so true to true to true to his nature. Um. Uh, Mick Jagger then is like oh okay yeah I guess he really is the guy and then Emilio gets away with it in the way that was foretold earlier in the scene to be like hey I'm just going to pretend to be you and then you pretend to be me and then you'll get away with it and then you get my fortune um, so that is at least they do at least lay the groundwork for that but mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> why um, Mick Jagger wanted to do that like you kind of have to piece together yourself because it seems like just being like eh, I'm just fucking with you I don't like the other guy which you're like, well, just, why would you do that?
1: Yeah, it's like, damn, I just, like, respect you too much as a worthy adversary or something. Right, and I mean, if
0: anything, you could be, you know, the other guy could could just be the um, uh, the uh, the Jonathan Banks character who was the, the second in command, who's like, um, you know, Anthony Hopkins isn't getting a new body. He's going to die, and then I'll be in charge. Like, if that guy, if he had told Mick Jagger, you're out, pound sand, you aren't getting paid, Then I can see Mick Jagger being like, well, okay, then, you know. Right. Yeah. Why don't I pretend that the guy who is going to pay me is going to live because then I get paid either way. Right. Like just just one line to like kind of justify what he does, because otherwise it's sort of. We we just kind of came up with this wacky plan at the last minute, and that's how our movie ends. And it's a little unsatisfying.
1: It's not really thought through. It's just to you know, they it just g- kinda they get happens. Away. They drive away scot free.
0: Right, yeah. So it, it there'sn't enough, I think, building up to that. It's sort of like I I've been tricking you this whole time. Well, I'm going to trick you now. Like, all right, well, when did the trick stop? I don't know. It's it's like it was foretold in that Rick and Morty episode.
1: Oh my With, god, Tim, what? I finally got the part in virtuosity, where you think they're in the real world, but no, they're in the virtual world and they've trapped Russell Crowe's character. I get it.
0: 90s cyber thrillers, everybody. <laughs>
1: What I like free jack better than Blade Runner 2049.
0: Okay, that why didn't you start with that?